Welcome to the Hacking Happy Podcast, a podcast designed to arm you with the tools and experiments that enable you to define happiness on your terms and inject more of it into each day. I'm your host, Penny Lacasso. I'm the world's first happiness hacker, and I have a bold mission, a mission to teach 10 million humans how to realize happiness on their terms by 2025. So if you're ready to ignite your self-belief and eject more of what makes you feel good into each day, let's get started. Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome to another episode of the Hacking Happy Podcast. Another week, another lockdown here in Melbourne. And you're probably listening, if you've listened uh, to a number of episodes or the last few episodes, You'll find that we've been in and out quite a lot. So uh, we are, I think in the last two months, this is the third lockdown. We are now at number six. And uh, I've got to say, I'm feeling a bit like a lockdown expert. Not that I want to feel like a lockdown expert. It doesn't get easier in terms of it feels like every lockdown chips a little bit away. But at the same time, the longer it goes on, the more I look to find ways to normalize the routine. So Sax and I have now kind of, we've got our out of lockdown routine and our lockdown routine. And I just find a bit of structure, a bit of a compass is really helpful. When, I don't know, things just feel like they're constantly changing for everybody. So for me, it feels like so much can just shift from one day to the next at the moment. I, I say this from a place of privilege, you know, I'm, I'm lucky Yes, I've been affected, but, you know, I'm still able to support myself and my son. There's a lot of people that are really struggling at the moment with just the basic needs in terms of, you know, financial security, mental health and and feeling safe in the uncertainty. So I do feel fortunate and I'm grateful for that. What's really interesting, though, for me at the moment is that I just find every week I have these amazing opportunities that get turned on and land on my door. And then shortly after, they're turned off again. So it's kind of like these high highs and then it's like, oh, now I've got to start again. And I know, you know, that's the nature of my work. I know for many of us that we're feeling like that. It's kind of like you just come out and you get your mojo back on and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm stopping again. Or, oh, that thing that I was so looking forward to has been taken away and this is not the first time. It just keeps happening again and again. I think it's a little bit like a, or I liken it to a roller coaster ride that you you just can't get off. You can't take a break from the roller coaster that is COVID life at the moment. So to help you smooth out the ups and downs just a little, for those of you who are restricted or who are in a lockdown, which I know in Australia so many of us are. I thought I would share some of the lessons I've learnt after six lockdowns that are helping me navigate the level of uncertainty from a place of intention and a wobbly balance. And I say wobbly balance because it is that. I'm not perfect. I don't have it all worked out. Every day is a wobbly balance. But what I want to share with you are the things that enable me to keep showing up and keep showing up in a way that is in alignment with the person that I want to be. And like I say, some days I hit it and some days I don't. And I share that because I want you to know as I give you these lessons that may be helpful to you, it's in the spirit of knowing you need to be kind to yourself and sometimes you've just got to surrender and accept that it's time for self-care in the current environment. That in in and of itself 
is a real skill. So let me share with you a couple of lessons. Lesson number one comes from a quote that I heard on a podcast that was talking about stoicism not so long ago, which is a philosophy that I'm a huge fan of. It goes back to the ancient times of Marcus Aurelius. And uh, I just find it really helpful to, I suppose, read about this philosophy, especially at times like this. So my first lesson links to stoicism. And the quote that I want to frame this lesson with is, Do what you can with what you have where you are at. And I think the beauty of that statement enables you to sort of say, I'm going to stop putting pressure on myself and stop feeling let down when things happen that I can't control. And I'm going to come back and challenge myself daily to come back and focus on what I can control, not what I can't. Because the scale of what we can't control at the moment is massive. And it's very unsettling in many of us. So in the context of lesson one, do what you can with what you have where you're at. Ask yourself, what does this look like for you? What can you do with what you have where you're at to maintain your mental health and to build your mental wealth, but also feel like you're making progress around things that matter to you in some small way? So for me at the moment, I know in the context of this statement, what I have is my mindset. I have my physical body. I have a loving son that I get to share time with 50% of the lockdown experience because I share him with my ex. I have my beautiful dog and I have a community, albeit a community that I can connect with only online at the moment, but they're still there. So what can I do with this? Well, I can use it to help all of these elements I can use in some small way to help me feel like I'm making progress around the things that do matter to me. So where am I at? So we've covered off. What can you do with what you have where you're at, right? So where am I at? I'm pretty much at home all the time. And that is how it's felt for the last, oh gosh, 15 months. Like I have never in my life spent so much time at home. And not only am I at home, but I'm in a position where I can't go more than five kilometers outside of my home. But what I've learned from six lockdowns is there is still a lot I can do within that constraint. I just have to get creative. Lesson two, adaptability is your friend. Now, Harvard said back in 2011, right, that adaptability or the ability to adapt would become the new competitive advantage for leaders and business because those that could not adapt would be left behind, right? Now, I'm sort of like, well, that's great. We need to build skill and adaptability, but how how do we do that? And, and you know, we don't want people left behind. It's not good for any of us to have anyone left behind. I don't think that's in the spirit of what it means to be human personally. So I took this insight from Harvard. And for those of you who don't know me, I have spent the last six years experimenting and building out a model that would not only help people build this skill and adaptability, but navigate uncertainty from a place of intention and balance and also help them unlock potential whilst building mental wealth. Adapting without 
consciousness. So adapting because you're forced to, not because you want to, is not going to build the level of skill and adaptability that you need to live a life that makes you feel good. And that is why I developed this model. It's why I'm now turning it into a psychometric. It's being scientifically validated at the moment um, with a group of org psychs. So I'm hugely excited about that. But I have used this model, or I share it, because I have used this model heavily to shape what I give my attention to in lockdown. And I strongly believe that this model and using it could be extremely helpful for those of you who are wanting to feel better in these continuous lockdown situations. Now, I will share in the notes further information to the model and the methodology of intentional adaptability and what a necessary skill set it is for us now to not only be able to survive, but actually build the skills to enable ourselves to thrive. Now, this model consists of three core skills that I want to walk you through today so that you can work out perhaps how you might use them to build your level of skill in adaptability in a way that is meaningful for you in this lockdown situation. So the first skill, if you are interested in building your intentional adaptability, is focus. How do you focus in this world that is so freaking distracting? And I think the more we go to a place of fear and feeling that fear and more uncertainty, the more we find comfort in distraction, even though it's like this love-hate relationship. So how do you build skill and focus and how do you do it in lockdown? Well, the first thing I would do is just ask yourself, what small things can you inject into each day that enable you to build your skill in focus. And I say small, right? You don't have to do a hundred things. Just pick one thing and do it well. And the other thing is you might want to look at your day. There might be things you're already doing that help you build skill in focus. And by identifying those things, maybe you could spend a little bit more time doing those things, which might again, amp up your ability to let go of the level of distraction that perhaps you currently find you're sitting with. So for me, how do I build focus in lockdown? Well, I'm going to list out the things that I do. I don't do them all at once. I don't do them all every single day. But this is kind of like my shopping list that I go to and say, right, today I need to do something that's going to keep me focused. Focus When I'm focused, I'm energized. I do my best work. I'm the best parent that I can be. So the things that enable me to build that skill in focus are first and foremost walks with the dog with no phone. And actually consciously taking the time to notice what the hell is going on around me. So I don't know what you call it, conscious walks, mindful walks. I'm getting a lot of value out of those and they are really helping to build my skill in focus, especially not taking the phone with me. The second thing is something that I ha I do do pretty much every day in lockdown because it works for me and it's something that I'm really passionate about. And that's yoga. And, you know, I know that there's a lot of people that are like, oh, my God, I couldn't do a yoga class for an hour every day in lockdown. It's not the same as being in a studio. Oh, my God, do I hear you? But I find 
even if I only do 20 or 30 minutes on the mat, like a really short form class, and there's loads of them on YouTube, I'm a better human because of it. And it definitely allows me to focus and switch everything else off that's going on in the world around me. The third thing is I make a commitment to attend online workouts and I love when they're at a set time with my beautiful Orange Theory community. That's the gym that I'm part of that I absolutely love. And so I try and commit to those workouts at least four times a week in lockdown. Again, I find they keep me sane and I feel even though they're virtual, I feel they help me feel humanly connected because I can see the other faces that are familiar. We cheer each other on. It's motivating and it really helps me I suppose fill that void of that so many of us feel in not being connected to others in the way that we would want to be. Hey I thought I might just press pause briefly and ask you a question. Are you a leader with a deep-seated passion for developing adaptable people who thrive both in and out of work? But do you have a team that is busy, burnt out and overwhelmed by uncertainty? If the answer is a massive hell to the yes, why not bring a little hacking happy into your workplace? Check out my new range of keynotes and programs that can help you amplify the potential and most importantly, the happiness of your people. Go to hackinghappy.co to find out more. And now back to the podcast. I take time where I switch my phone off and work. So disconnected work time. I find that really helps me focus. Sometimes I cook. I meditate every day. It's the first thing I do after yoga when I get up in the morning. Again, I just find it's a brilliant way to enhance your skill and focus. And the last thing that we have done a hell of a lot of and we haven't lost in lockdown is Sax and I play games. We have recently, with the Olympics being on, had the lockdown Olympics where we have like a a massive bit of paper with the scoreboard on it in the lounge room and we play anything from a giant Jenga set through to sleeping queens through to table tennis and we just keep score of every game over the week and we have an overall winner. And those sorts of games really do help hone my skill and focus but it also ticks the box of having beautiful quality time with my son and it helps us laugh a lot in the current situation. So there's some of the things that I do to build my skill and focus. And like I said, I don't do every single one every day. It's like a shopping list that I play with, but I do try and inject a few of them into each day because if we can't focus at the moment, if we're constantly distracted, I feel like it feeds the beast in terms of us going to anxiety and feelings of overwhelm. And I'm seeing so much more of it, even just when I walk out in the streets at the moment. Lockdown 6.0, even though we're not even 24 hours in, certainly seems to be taking its toll. The second skill of intentional adaptability is courage, which I have to say, I think Personally, this is my favorite skill to build because I've invested so much in it and realized so much benefit from it. So ask yourself, what one act of micro bravery can you undertake today to build your skill and courage? And perhaps choose to ask yourself that each day. Now, it can be absolutely anything so long as it requires you to step into discomfort in some small way. And when I say step, this is not the world making you uncomfortable. This is you proactively taking an action and stepping into the discomfort. So it's you doing it with intention 
rather than the world imposing it on you. Because I know at the moment (laughs) there's a lot of courage we have to undertake because the world is forcing us to. This is the challenge to flip that and say, what small act of micro bravery can you take today? Yeah, that will enable you to step into discomfort in a way that is meaningful for you and build your courage muscle. Now, I have been playing with this practice for a very long while now, as I mentioned, because I know how powerful it can be in unlocking potential you don't even know that you have and in building resilience. And if, damn, we need anything at the moment, it is resilience. So let me share with you a couple of micro bravery acts that I've undertaken in the last little while. So it might come as a surprise. So for those of you who've been following my journey for quite some time now, Roughly this time last year, just before my book was published, I was approached to sell the rights to the book to be pitched as a TV series, a bit like Marie Kondo for happiness. And so the people that picked up the rights, quite successful people in the TV industry, but obviously like most industries, that industry has been extremely financially constrained since COVID hit and funding has depleted on many levels. And so they bought the rights and it was hugely exciting. And I thought, oh, I'm going to have this TV show. It's going to be amazing. We developed obviously the pitch document. There was a lot of work in that and then went around pitching to a number of the big players, this TV program with me hacking happiness, which was a huge learning and a huge opportunity and hugely exciting. But this week after pitching it to multiple production houses, we've decided to let it go because it wasn't picked up. That is absolutely fine. That is the nature of trying new things. Some things don't work out and I'm okay with that. But what this does do for me, if I look at what can I do with where I'm at and what I have, is this creates space now for me to do something else that is truly meaningful to me and in alignment with the person that I aspire to be. And so off the back of that, I decided to do something that I've always wanted to do, but again, never had the courage to step into. And I applied to do my grad dip in psychology. So on the proviso that I get accepted, (laughs) which I think I might, I'll be starting to study psychology next month, which is the first time I've gone back to uni in about 15 years, but I'm damn excited about it. And that was my big act of micro bravery this week. Now, that's probably a bit bigger than what I'm asking of you. For you, it might be as small as saying, well, you know what, today I am going to talk to a stranger in the street. Today I am going to apply for that job that I don't think I'm qualified for. Today I'm going to have a hard conversation that I've been avoiding. That's as simple as the courage or the acts of courage can be. Make it relevant to you. My acts are my own. Yeah, and yours will be completely different and that's fine. The other micro bravery act that you probably see me doing a bit of if you follow me on social media is I've started teaching yoga online weekly. Now, I'm completely new as a yoga teacher and it makes me feel really uncomfortable to get online and teach yoga even though I'm a speaker and all the rest of it because it's something, you know, I'm I'm still learning and I'm always going to be learning and I'm growing as I do it. But I cannot tell you how stepping into that act of micro-bravery has brought so much to me. It's been so magical and I can't tell you how wonderful it's been to see what that brings to other people when they're in lockdown. The way their faces look after a class online, it just warms my heart because I can see the release for people. 
So if by chance that's of interest, check out my Insta. Often when we're running Zoom classes, I will share it on there in stories. Feel free to join. At the moment, they're all free. So knock yourself out. The last skill in building your adaptability. So we've spoken about focus. We've spoken about courage. The last skill is curiosity. Curiosity is a brilliant way to enhance your adaptability muscle, right? Because curiosity is how we build knowledge. It's how we learn new things. And new things help us connect neural pathways in our brain, which is brilliant for when we're solving problems and trying to connect dots. And also it helps us, curiosity helps us experiment. And experimentation is a brilliant way to grow and learn, even if things don't work out the way you planned. So what are you curious about at the moment that you could potentially use to help build your skill in not only exploring curiosity, but building knowledge around something you're passionate about at the same time? Now, again, it doesn't have to be huge. It does not have to be huge. I try and make a commitment during the week to invest 15 minutes a day learning something new. Now, For you, that might be reading a book. Like, that's fine. It can look like anything. Curiosity can look like anything. It's just got to be meaningful for you. So let me share with you some examples because mine are quite diverse, right? And this, again, might be helpful in getting you to think about where you might take your curiosity in lockdown. So I started making my own sauerkraut recently. I bought some and my boyfriend said to me, why don't you make it? And I went, I'd never even thought of that. And I thought, I don't even know what's involved in making sauerkraut, and, but I know it's hugely healthy. So I became curious about that. And at the moment, my sauerkraut is like some 10 days into fermenting. I think I've got four to go and it's looking damn good. So not only has that been something new that I've learned, something that I'm going to benefit from because I get to enjoy eating it, but there's been a real joy in the process of that learning. The second thing is I've just finished an amazing book. Yeah, so this is what I say. It can be as simple as reading a book. If you go back to last week's podcast, episode 37, We Don't Have to Be Alone Together, I share what I learned from that book and how amazing it was. And that book was all on loneliness. It's called The Lonely Century. And that was something that I was hugely curious about in the context of my work because I see so much of it and I've felt it myself. And so now I'm using the insights from that to feed into the programming, the keynotes and things like that that I do. What else am I curious about that I've been playing with? I had someone suggest to me a couple of weeks ago that they had done Deepak Chopra's 21 Days of Abundance Challenge and they had a huge amount of benefit from it. And I was like, well, that sounds interesting. I meditate every day, so why don't I just mix up my meditation and make that my meditation instead? Because I'm curious to see what happens and I'm curious about abundance. I'm curious to see how Deepak interprets it. And so I started doing that. I'm six days in and I'm really enjoying that. And I'm learning I'm learning a lot about abundance. And the last thing I became really curious about was, or recently, was systems thinking and how systems interact with one another, especially things like systems like government, systems like the health system, like if we look at what's going on at the moment. And so I started, there's so many free online courses that are such good quality, can I tell you, um, on things like Coursera. Even a lot of the universities offer, you know, the, the globally renowned universities offer a lot of free courses at the moment. So I just jumped online, found the best one that I could on systems thinking, and I'm three weeks in 
and again, I'm learning heaps. It's challenging. It's it's an act of courage because it makes me feel really uncomfortable. It's not something that comes naturally to me, but um, that's just another way that I am building my curiosity and my adaptability muscle at the same time. So there are a couple of examples. Now that's, so we've gone through two lessons thus far. I know this is a bit of a long one, but let me share with you the final lesson. Lesson number three. Adapting with intention looks different for everyone. What I have shared with you today is what works for me. What works for you will look different. However, using intentional adaptability skills, the skills of focus, courage, and curiosity as a compass can enable all of us to develop our adaptability muscle in lockdown and feel a little better in the process, feel like we are growing, feel like we are making progress, even in some small way. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm always going to be honest with you. I have had days where I don't want to fucking get out of bed, which if you had told me pre-COVID that I would be that person, I would have said to you, you're nuts. I'm the most motivated person. Anyone who knows me, I'm highly motivated. I'm known for getting shit done, but man, I have struggled like everybody else with just finding the motivation sometimes when every day can feel like it's the same. There are days where I tell myself I can't do anymore. I'm mentally drained and it's time for some self-care. And I accept it's taken a while, but I accept that this is the nature of the environment that we are in. And I can't change what's going on with COVID. But I choose, I actively choose, and I'm hoping I can inspire you to try and do the same. I choose not to let lockdown suck my soul anymore. Because at lockdown number six, I realize that this is life as we know it at the moment. And it might continue on for quite some time. We have to do what we can with what we've got where we are at. For more ways to experiment with building your adaptability muscle and injecting a little bit more of what makes you feel good into each day, grab a copy of my latest book, Hacking Happiness, jam-packed with experiments, challenges, case studies, and loads of science to help you navigate the uncertainty that so many of us are challenged with at the moment. Thank you so much for listening today my beautiful happiness hackers. Until next time, happiness looks good on you. Bye for now. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of the Hacking Happy podcast. If there was something that ignited a flame or sparked a thought within you from this conversation, please take a screenshot and share it on your preferred social media platform. Feel free to tag me in Hacking Happy Co or Penny Lacalso. Reviews are so important to reaching my goal of making 10 million beautiful humans just like yourself happier. So if you enjoyed your listen, please take a moment, leave a review and a rating on your preferred podcast listening platform. Until the next episode, remember, happiness looks good on you. Bye for now.